Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. successful why is tony khan running his promotion better than vince mcmahon and bruce pritchard are running monday night and friday night long term booking Oh man, it was uh it was one of those nights, man. It it really it really was one of those nights on social media, man. Legitimately everything I had to say somebody had a problem with it. I I'm sorry. I can't like the show because everybody else likes the show. You guys got to complain that I'm complaining about what I don't like on the show. Tough shit the fuck are you new around here Cody Rhodes man how, how many uh how many security guards man? how many security guards did uh these Cody Rhodes barrel through tonight man not one of them not one of them threw a single punch at Cody Rhodes I will let that one slide man I'm not supposed to criticize that one right no explanation for Brock Lesnar either right no no explanation for, for Brock Lesnar but did we get an explanation no no explanation. I'm not. I will let that. We'll sweep that one under the rug, man. We'll sweep that one under. What about Trish Stratus, man? Trish Stratus. You like that promo? What? Trish Stratus. Oh. Oh, oh you, you're more concerned about 
her tits popping out. Oh yeah, that's the only thing people remember from the promo, right? Nobody wanted to boot Trish Stratus. Nobody even remembers what she said. Yeah, we'll sweep that one under the rug as well. You got a fucking problem with what I have to say? Fuck off. That's what I have to say. I'll tell you what, though. The Atlanta Braves, they're playing World Series baseball, man. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Fuck the Mets, by the way. Braves are, uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to the series. I know. I know, man. They got their number one guy back tonight, man. Yeah, 13 and 4, man. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it this year. Fucking ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, you didn't like the fuck the Mets comment, huh? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, man, it'll bite me in the ass. It'll bite me in the ass. Uh, beginning of May, Braves are at uh, City Field. Uh, listen, Monday Night Raw, man. I said this last week. I said this last week. Yeah, the Braves are popping off, man. You know, I'm tired of the I'm tired of people underestimating the Atlanta Braves, man. You see that fucking lineup they got? You see that lineup they got? You break. Anyway, uh, I said this last week, man. The WWE draft got pushed up, and a lot of what you see on Monday and on Friday is not going to really matter, man. They're going to buy their time. They're going to give you filler TV, and people are going to eat it up. They're going to eat it up. Oh, it's a good show. Oh, gang warfare. Gang, 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 gang warfare. I'm sorry. Am I supposed to be excited about shit that's going on? That probably will be changed in two weeks. I got people telling me, oh, well, he, he, he doesn't watch the show. What is he complaining about? It was fun. I, I'm sorry. I, I mean, my version of fun is not your version of fun, okay? There was a lot to dislike about this show tonight. I don't really give a shit. I just love, proof, I just love proving people wrong, to be quite honest with you. Well, everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, it was a great Raw. Why don't you enjoy it for what it is? The show has no meaning. The show has no meaning. Several people texted me during the show. Yeah, I'm going to tap out. These are people that I trust with their wrestling opinion. Tapping out after an hour and a half. The fuck does that say about the show? Largely unimportant. There's nothing inspiring on the show. There's nothing to keep your interest in the show, you want to watch something that's largely unimportant take place over a three-hour show that will mean nothing in two weeks. By all means, man, by all means, you go and enjoy the show. I did not. It's not the end of the fucking world, okay? It's not the end of the world. The sun will rise tomorrow. You're going to go hopefully touch some grass and maybe get laid. Maybe. Stop complaining about what I don't like about the fucking show. Keep that same energy with other people, man, that are overly fucking positive. You don't like what I have to say? Go listen to them. You want me to be one of those social media accounts that 
basically regurgitates the fucking shit that happens on the show with no opinion behind it. Is that what you want me to do? Or do you want me to give you the fucking facts? You fucking break with this shit, man. I'm no fucking move for these fucking people. No mood. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. Let's start at the top because apparently Cody Rhodes has a fan base that's worse than Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss, apparently. Can't say anything bad about Cody Rhodes. I love Cody. This is what people don't understand. I love Cody Rhodes. I've loved Cody Rhodes for a very, very long time. But my God, man, the very stereotypical and formulaic answer of oh why don't you just enjoy it man it's not that crazy stop being overly analytical man Cody Rhodes comes out apparently we're going to get an explanation tonight from Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes or a mixture of both we got zero we got zero explanation on what happened tonight Go figure. WWE hyped up. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get an explanation today. We got nothing. We got nothing of an explanation. Brock Lesnar addresses Cody Rhodes. Brock Lesnar, didn't, he didn't speak one fucking word on Monday night. Cody Rhodes comes out, and he's not in his typical fancy suit. He's dressed in his wrestling gear, and he's ready to go. He's ready to fight on Monday Night Raw. Cody Rhodes comes out ready to fight. And Adam Pearce, Adam Pearce all of a sudden, he goes, by the way, let let me me backtrack just a little bit. Cody Rhodes is out in his wrestling gear. He's already been given the superstar treatment, full entrance, pyro, theme music, two breakdowns in the song where the fans have an opportunity to go, whoa! He's in the ring. Adam Pierce comes out. And before Cody even says anything, he tells Cody Rhodes, you're not medically cleared. You can't be out here. Cody wants to fight. Cody wants to fight. By the end of all this, we have, I don't, I lost count. I lost count. There's got to be about 18, 19 security guards in the ring. And... They're all standing around Cody, kind of preventing him from getting crazy. 
he's got a steel chair and he wants to fight. So Lesnar comes out. Lesnar, I don't know what the fuck Brock Lesnar was doing over the weekend. Apparently, he was watching Jeepers Creepers. Where'd you get those peepers? He looked like fucking Jeepers Creepers out there. Comes out smiling. The only thing he was missing was the fucking axe. Comes out smiling, and he stands at the ramp. Cody wants to go at Brock. Brock's laughing at Cody. Adam Pearce is yelling at Cody, All right, all right, I'll make the match. Cody versus Lesnar at Backlash. Meanwhile, we got no explanation. Cody Rhodes then proceeds to beat up every single security guard that was out there, jamming the steel chair in their gut and beating them with the steel chair. He's pushing them into the corner. He's fucking throwing bombs. He's throwing punches at all these security guards. He gets out the ring. He tries to chase Brock Lesnar. We got another slew of security guards trying to hold him back. I don't know where they came from. Lesnar's standing there, immune to all this, laughing. Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those peepers, right? He's just standing there laughing, ha, 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 right? And then Cody, he's backed to ringside. He starts beating up all these security guards. Every single one of them. One goes down after the other, after the other, after the other. Where'd they get these security guards from? Retard Academy? I mean, holy fucking shit. One by one, they go down. One by one, they fall. Not one single security guard threw a fucking punch at Cody Rhodes. I say all this in a shortened version on social media. Oh, uh, why? <sighs> why? Why are you being so overly analytical, man? It's not that serious. We didn't get any explanation on anything. Why did Brock Lesnar attack Cody? Zero explanation. Cody Rhodes beats up 53 security guards on Monday Night Raw, and I'm supposed to believe that Cody Rhodes can do all that as one man. For what is he, a fucking Marvel superhero? I mean, holy fucking shit. After Adam Pierce. He just said to everybody, you're not medically cleared to compete. But he's out there fighting fucking 63 security guards. Which is it? Is he medically cleared or is he not medically cleared? What's the problem? Yet I got people, why are you complaining? Why are you complaining? Why are you complaining? I'm sorry, I didn't know we had to redo the same tired bullshit that Vince McMahon is known for. I didn't realize that everybody loved the fucking circus act of one guy destroying fucking 57 security guards out there. Am I supposed to like that? Is that what Cody Rhodes, that's the best you got for Cody Rhodes though, right? That's the best you got for Cody Rhodes. My God, man. The entire IWC, honestly, they share the same fucking brain, man. Millions of people share the same fucking brain. But I'm supposed to follow, like everybody, 
dehumanize like a fucking retard like everybody on social media and follow you all off the fucking cliff like a fucking lemming. I want to be the person that's watching you all all, all, watching all you fall off the fucking cliff while I'm laughing as you fall to your death. That's the type of fucking person I am. How the fuck can you sit there and vouch and defend this fucking garbage. Then I got the people. Oh, it's going to be a great match. No fucking shit, Sherlock. A fucking blind man can see that. It's going to be a great match. Everything Cody Rhodes does is fucking quality. But that does not excuse the fact that there was no fucking explanation to anything that was going on. I don't understand how you guys... This is amazing to me. We just got through one of the most influential and fucking storyline-driven WrestleMania main events of all time with Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and the Usos that was built up over a year. And you guys are fucking battering down the fort for JD's opinion. Oh, my God. How can he like it? We just came out of that WrestleMania with the story-rich tag team championship story but you're okay with this, and you expect me, with the caliber of fucking talent that Cody Rhodes is, and the caliber of fucking talent that Brock Lesnar is, you want me to sit down, sit here, and just expect a great match and not care about a story. I don't know who the fuck you think you're watching, man. You want to go see these fundamental second-grade opinions Go watch somebody else. I want quality. I expect quality with the quality of opponent that Brock Lesnar is for Cody Rhodes. Boy, oh boy, that must be some high-level fucking creative there, Vince. There's no fucking way this is a Triple H story. Absolutely zero percent chance this is a Triple H story. Triple H does not go into this With zero explanation. Triple H doesn't go into something fucking baiting and switching the audience. Yeah, we're going to hear from Brock Lesnar about why he attacked Cody Rhodes. And we hear jack shit in regards to an explanation. Meanwhile, Cody Rhodes is out there medically disqualified from competing. But he beats up fucking 93 security guards. Okay, great job there, Vince. Great job. This is not the doing of your son-in-law. No way. No way. Dog shit. Absolute dog shit storytelling. Meanwhile, I'm supposed to sit here and be like everybody else in the community, man. Fuck off and go watch somebody else. I clearly don't give a fuck about what you people have to say whatsoever, man. Holy shit, man. If I thought I was the smartest guy in the community, man, tonight really proved that fucking tenfold. Holy shit. Unbelievably, Ill- I-, I felt like I was watching a Vince McMahon fucking product. In that 10-minute period, medically disqualified. And he's out there fucking swinging chairs and throwing punches and fucking whatever else he was doing out there. Sure thing. Sure thing. And I know I'm not the only one that's going to be complaining about that one, but people target me because, oh my God, I hurt your feelings, man. I disrupted you liking your little show tonight. I'm sorry. If you don't want what I have to say, then fuck off and go unfollow me on social media. You will do me a favor and I will save the energy from blocking you. It sucked. It fucking sucked dick. And I can't stand the way that they're doing Cody Rhodes right now going into this match.
I hope he loses. I hope he loses to Brock Lesnar. I really do. Oh, but the, the hero, he's going to have to become angry. Is that what we're doing? Why is he angry? He wasn't angry last week when he came out with not a fucking mark on him. What the fuck are you talking? All of a sudden he's angry. When did he become angry? He wasn't angry last week? No, but this week he's angry. Looks like forced anger to me. He wasn't angry at all last week. He didn't show any emotion last week whatsoever. He was this somber Cody Rhodes. Oh, I know why Brock doesn't like me. I bring change to the WWE. That's why Brock Lesnar's targeting me. Yeah, Brock is upset with his WrestleMania spot where he opened the show on night two against Omos. Where was this anger last week after he just fucking destroyed you? The week before that, you come out and no bandage... No mark on you, no limp. No, but this week he's angry. Fuck off. Give me a fucking break with this shit. I swear to God, man, I'm glad half of you fucking people aren't booking the goddamn show. This is the shit that I get paid to do, not you. Garbage. Trish Stratus. Let's go to the other thing that fucking blue dick tonight. Trish Stratus. What'd I say last week? What'd I say last week? Nobody wants to boo Trish Stratus. Nobody listens to me. Nobody listens to me. Trish Stratus was going to be a unbelievable heel. And I mean that in a negative way, not a good way. She was going to be an unbelievable heel. She shows up tonight, and legitimately, the only thing people were discussing online was the fucking amount of cleavage that Trish Stratus had protruding out of her fucking shirt. That was the only thing people were talking about. I didn't make mention of it. I made mention of it here, but that's the only thing people were mentioning online. You want to fucking sue me? Sue me. That's what people were talking about. She's out there, and... All of a sudden, she starts speaking about why she attacked Becky Lynch. Let's backtrack to a week ago. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, the the heel turn, the heel turn, blah, blah, blah. The heel turn was poorly, and I mean poorly executed, after a fucking dismal tag team title match where all four of them, all four of those people looked like fucking amateurs out there. Trish Stratus attacked Becky Lynch in one of the most poorly executed heel turns of the modern era. Slapped her behind the head. And she gives her a Trish Stratus chick kick. And that was it. Becky Lynch then blacks out her Twitter. Social media melts down. Wrestle geeks, they couldn't wait to get to work on their clickbait thumbnails. And everybody else was, Becky Lynch is leaving WWE. Becky Lynch is on her way out of WWE. WWE letting Becky Lynch walk. I can't stand this community. I really I really can't stand this fucking community, man. It is so sickening. The personalities that exist in this community are so fucking sick. It's like everybody's so fake. Everybody's fake. Everybody wants to do something to get ahead. Everybody wants to take the cheap way out. Feel like we're the only ones doing uh, things the way that we're supposed to be doing. So she's in there. She's explaining why she did it. 
She hit all the points that she needed to hit. She didn't want to be a sidekick. She didn't want to be a side piece. She attacked Lita. Becky Lynch, she doesn't like Becky Lynch anymore because she's sick and tired of all of the disrespect that she gets. Nobody credits her. Nobody realizes that Trish started the revolution. Without Trish Stratus, there would be no women's revolution. She talked about being the first woman ever to main event Monday Night Raw. And the list goes on and on and on. What she needed to say was fine. It's the way that she said it that was not fine. She spoke with a terrible cadence. She wasn't believable at all. She didn't sound like a heel. She wasn't very intense in her delivery. She wasn't angry by any means of the imagination. And every time she spoke, I'm watching this because I knew this was going to be a pivotal part of the show. I'm watching it. And through the six or seven minutes that this promo was that I had to fucking arduously sit through, I'm listening to her speak. And it's almost as if she's trying to hide a smile behind everything that she's saying. So I'm watching this and I'm like, well, I would believe what Trish Stratus has to say if she's not trying hard and desperately to hide this smile. And then all of a sudden, I see people just sitting there twiddling their thumbs, they're on their phones, nobody's making any reaction, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden you hear, you you hear this, this... Nobody's making, nobody's making any motion. Nobody's moving. Nobody's making anything happen in the crowd. You just hear this overwhelmingly piped-in crowd noise that we heard from the Thunderdome, and Trish Stratus left the ring after what she had to say to a chorus of Thunderdome boos. So let, let me ask all the fucking enthusiasts, the WWE enthusiasts out there, how successful was Trish Stratus's promo if WWE felt the need to pipe in obviously fake crowd booze during her segment? What did I say last week? Nobody wants to boo Trish Stratus. WWE is going to force you to understand that Trish Stratus is a heel because she's not good enough to get the job done and the fucking vision that WWE has for Trish being a heel against Becky Lynch is already a fucking failure. We're April, April, April 7th, April 18th now. The rumored Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus match is happening at SummerSlam. You mean to tell me we need Trish Stratus on our TVs through April, May, June, and then right into July for, or no, August. Never mind July. Money in the Bank is in July, August. April, May, June, July, four months. We need Trish Stratus on our TV. Then you got fucking social media accounts, blithering fucking idiots. Oh, I'm glad Trish Stratus is on TV. Why? So it takes a spot away from somebody else that should be given top priority to get the fucking chance to get over? Vince McMahon, move. There's no way Triple H is using Trish Stratus in 2023 over putting all that effort into somebody that could use it 
to get over on the main roster. How many women's matches do we have tonight? We had two women's matches. We had Dakota Kai and Bianca Belair, an absolute snooze fest. We had Meet Shin and Candice LeRae versus Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. I swear to God, man, if you wanted to go fall asleep, if you wanted to go fall asleep, you could have fell asleep in Little Rock, Arkansas in that arena tonight, and you wouldn't have been awoken by anything, man. That's how, that's how soft and that's how silent the crowd was during that match. You wouldn't even realize that there was a crowd around you if you wanted to take a fucking nice little cat nap during that tag team match. Those are the women that WWE should really be trying to get over. No, but we need Trish Stratus on TV to build to a fucking feud with Becky Lynch that theoretically, supposedly, rumored not happening until SummerSlam. Now, I'm sure that's a great use of television right there. And for all the geeks that saw Becky Lynch black out her social media, man, man, oh man, where you guys played like a fucking fiddle tonight. Oh, nobody knows what she's doing. She ain't going anywhere. I would bet my fucking house, the cats, the dog, and I don't even have a fucking dog. I'm Becky Lynch not leaving WWE. Why would Becky Lynch leave WWE? Why would WWE not re-sign Becky Lynch? I don't understand you guys. The people are quick to make fucking clickbait thumbnail. Becky Lynch leaves WWE. The fuck are you watching? Now, who reported that? Listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my brutal honesty, man. I I really am. You don't like my honesty. I don't know. Listen, is, is it that bad? Is it that bad in this Gen Z pussy generation that we're living in that nobody likes any honesty, man? Is honesty now looked down upon? I find it to be quite refreshing. I wouldn't want, if I'm on the opposite end of this camera and I'm watching me, I'd be like, man, this guy's fucking great. I, I felt the same way during this show tonight. Everybody wants to fucking pretend everything is good and great and everything's all right. Meanwhile, I try and give a fucking critical opinion about something on why and why it, and why it sucks and why it's uh, not good. And I do the same thing for when it's good. Nobody appreciates it. Nobody appreciates it. I don't really get it. Raw was mid. Not to say that it was a bad show. But I told you guys, I prepped you for this last week. The WWE draft was pushed up to April 28th. It's going to happen. Two weeks, a week and a half. Why are we we jumping down my throat for a largely nothing Monday Night Raw that you won't even remember? The rosters aren't even going to look the same in a week and a half. I told you this already. I know it. I knew it. I knew it coming into this show. That doesn't mean the show's got to be a a good show. I appreciate whoever put this show together to make some sense of what was going on. To at least try. They got three hours. We need something to hook the viewer. So we'll get the bloodline there. We'll have them in cahoots with Judgment Day to take out Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Matt Riddle. And the LWO will get involved. I mean, it's largely nothing. You see these storylines playing out already going into backlash. What the fuck did tonight do to enhance any of that? It didn't do anything. Everything was already set in stone. Everything was already set in stone. We're going to go over the rest of the show. I want to thank you guys for joining me on tonight's podcast, man. Sponsored tonight by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 
Go get yourself the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit, man. I love it. My favorite razor, man. I haven't had a razor like this in a while, man. It, is, it feels so good. They also got the new Weed Whacker 2.0. They got the Lawnmower 4.0, man. Manscaped is hitting it out of the park like the Braves are this year. Awesome. So go check that out, man. Script 20 at checkout. We'll talk about my friends over at Manscaped a little bit later on in the show. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. I may actually have to go to uh, followers only on Twitter, man. It's 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 getting, le- legitimately, it's getting worse and worse by the fucking day. It, it honestly is. I cannot, I cannot say anything anymore, even if it's remotely opinionated. Even if it's just a solid opinion, I can't say anything without anybody being combative in any way. It's disgusting. It really is disgusting. So follow me on social media. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. We did an extra on Sunday. We were live on Friday. We were live on Thursday. A lot of CM Punk talk. Go check it out. That extra on Sunday, man, was a banger. So go check that out if you guys want to catch up on anything that you might have missed in the news feed. Hit that thumbs up, guys. We got 621 likes already. We're less than 400 for 1,000. We got 2,600 in here, man. There should be no excuses for 1,000 likes. So hit that thumbs up. Let's get to 1,000. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show with our cold beverages. Memberships are open. Get them on in. Always accepting applications to the VIP club. And again, tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You're going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off on anything that they provide on their website, man. I appreciate you guys, as always, for joining me on your Monday nights. Let's get into Monday Night Raw, man. We're going to start at the top. Monday night started off with the Usos. They need the bloodline on this show to make anything remotely entertaining. They made their way to the ring, and they were joined by Paul Heyman, Solo Sokoa as well. So Heyman introduced himself, and then he hyped up Roman Reigns, who was not there on Monday. He never is. Now, I talked about Roman Reigns. The reason why they changed the King of the Ring pay-per-view, Queen of the Ring pay-per-view in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia on May 27th. More than likely has to do with Roman Reigns and that day, that day is very special to Roman's reign. 1,000 days falls on that specific pay-per-view date. So that's why they changed it. They want to build the entire pay-per-view around that. Seen some people talking about Rollins maybe being an opponent. That's awful. That's an awful spot for him. Shinsuke Nakamura, that's also an awful spot for him as well. This is the problem that we have going into that pay-per-view. It needs to be somebody that matters for a thousand days. Nakamura, who fucking cares? He's going in to do what? Lose. And he's just brought back to television. You want to put him in a feud with Roman Reigns to lose? This is a new, this is supposed to be a new reinvigorated Nakamura. If you go and put him and book him in a feud with Roman Reigns, you're basically doing the same thing that you did before he fucking went on hiatus. 
And Rollins, don't even get me started on that. That's just an awful, awful fucking move. For what? For Rollins to lose? He should be a world champion himself the way he's performing as of late. What a waste of Rollins that would be. Both of those options suck. So Roman Reigns, he was hyped up by Paul Heyman. He said he has information that history is about to unfold. He was promptly interrupted by the Judgment Day. Damien Priest, Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor out there with his injuries. I don't know if Finn Balor is still injured or not. I mean, he's out there working like he's not injured. I mean, the guy's a fucking machine. Torn uh, a calf tear, I believe. Staples in his head. Guy's unbelievable. Dominic was out there. Everyone stared at each other, middle of the ring. Priest approached Solo Sokoa. Heyman leaned in and tried to play good guy here. And it was a situation that was going to get a little dicey for sure. Heyman then smiled and shook Priest's hand. Heyman said it's a very good day to be a bad guy. And Damian Priest shook his head yes. I'm loving Damian Priest right now, man. He says they made a short-term deal that was approved by Reigns. Jay told Heyman that they were not informed of what he's talking about, and he didn't really seem all that happy. Heyman said Reigns didn't want anyone other than Solo to know. So with Paul Heyman there and Jay Uso telling Heyman, well, I, I wasn't filled in on this. Do you mind telling us what the fuck is going on? Roman Reigns is still pushing the Usos away, and he's upset with the Usos losing the tag team championships, and that's the card that they're playing there. Roman is upset, and they're really teasing that week by week, which is a nice little addition to everything that Paul Heyman has to say on these shows. So they're really getting you ready for when Reigns does come back to TV. You know where his focus is going to be on. So... He said he wanted the Usos to be caught off guard by the enormity of this short-term deal. Heyman said even Balor isn't all that happy about this. Balor shook his head and confirmed that he's not happy about it. Heyman says he doesn't blame blame Balor for his deep personal feelings in the interest of good short-term villainy. Heyman said the Judgment Day have a bad bunny concern and Solo is an expert at taking care of those concerns. Heyman asked Jay to switch places with Solo because Rhea Ripley was staring down Solo Sokoa. So Jay and Solo switched places. Solo was standing next to Paul Heyman. Solo and Ripley glared at each other. Heyman asked if everything was okay between them. And Ripley said, for now, for now, And then obviously you get the fucking geeks online. Oh, why don't we book Rhea Ripley versus Solo? Never going to happen. Never going to happen. I don't really understand why you people say the most outlandish shit. But I'm the one complaining. I'm the one who's fucking... uh, People complain about what I have to say on social media. Meanwhile, you get something so stupid like that being thrown around on social media. Knowing that's not going to happen. Who gives a shit? Rhea Ripley, just take it for what it's worth. Rhea Ripley is somebody that was dead to rights two years ago and has absolutely transformed herself under Triple H. And that's what I'm looking at. Solo Sokoa has been booked beautifully on the main roster. That's what I'm looking at. They're not getting into a match and you'll never see them wrestle. Ridiculous. So... 
they're looking at each other. And Ripley said, for now, everything's okay. Heyman said the bloodline have a Kevin Owens problem, a Sami Zayn problem, and a riddle to solve. Ha ha. Heyman said Sami and Owens with riddle will face Judgment Day for the first time later in the main event. So the bloodline are going to take care of their concerns. But up next, Solo is going to go one-on-one and smash Rey Mysterio. He apologized to Dominic that he has to see this up close. I appreciate. I know this this is not really a long-term thing. And it's not supposed to be a long-term thing. I appreciate the fact that, A, none of this really makes any sense outside of what happened tonight. Okay? Number two, I appreciate the fact that they at least found a way and they tried to make sense of what was going on with this show. Hey, we got the bloodline. Hey, we got the Judgment Day. Hey, we got the LWO. Let's get everybody involved and have some fun with this. Fine. So they made a pact between Roman Reigns and the bloodline and Judgment Day to take care of Rey Mysterio. Fine. Then we get Legato Del Fantasma involved with the LWO. They're out there defending Rey Mysterio. And it all kind of circles back to one another. I appreciate that. That's the type of shit that I like. Shows need a three-hour or two-hour long storyline to keep you invested in the show. So I appreciated that. But outside tonight, this is not going to really matter. Because the draft is coming up and the the rosters are going to get blown up. Now, Judgment Day and the Bloodline could end up on the same brand. Legato Del Fantasma is going to end. All of these these factions, I believe, are going to end up on the same brand. I feel like all of these factions are going to go over to SmackDown and Imperium's going to come over to Monday Night Raw. I honestly feel like Gunther is going to bring Imperium over to Monday Night Raw via the draft. The Brawling Brutes will probably go on Monday Night Raw, which I don't really care for because, I mean, those two... Factions have been linked together for so long. But I do see a lot of these factions remaining on brands together. So theoretically, we could see Bloodline and Judgment Day at some point. Not going to happen at this point. Legato Del Fantasma and Judgment Day are going to continue to feud. It is going to be a year-long storyline. You can already see where Triple H is going with this. He did the same thing in NXT. He started it way early, way earlier than anybody anticipated. What you're watching here, minus Bloodline, because they got their own shit going on, what you're watching right now between Legato Del Fantasma and Judgment Day, you're watching war games play out. That's what you're watching. Legato Del Fantasma, LWO, and Judgment Day, you are watching War games. This is going to be war games at Survivor Series. This. This is what Triple H did. He did it every single year in NXT with Undisputed Era. He did it every single fucking year. Undisputed Era had how many war games matches? Three war games. It started early. You knew exactly who the Undisputed Era were going into war games with. Every single time. This is exactly Triple H and that NXT mentality on the main roster. Dominic and Rey Mysterio, more than likely, he's going to wrestle his son again at SummerSlam. He was on Logan Paul's podcast. I believe he hinted at a potential hair versus mask match at SummerSlam. They're going to keep this ball rolling. They're going to keep this ball rolling. This is what Triple H does. I get it. I like it. 
But outside this, we don't know what's going on with the draft. We don't. So I enjoyed this for what it was. We got some subtle teases in there with Rhea Ripley staring down Solo because that's who Rhea Ripley is. We got some nice little Easter eggs there with Paul Heyman keeping this secret, keeping the plans from the Usos because Roman didn't want them to know. And Roman is continuing to push the Usos away because of them losing the tag team titles. There's a lot going on here. I enjoyed the opening segment. It was a little long-winded, but we got the match with Rey Mysterio and Solo Sokoa to open the show. Very good match. Very good match. It went 13 minutes or so, and it was more about Solo than anything. Because Solo is right now on a winning streak. The only loss that he's accumulated on the main roster was to Cody Rhodes. And you knew that was going to happen on the road to WrestleMania. But this was more about Solo than anything else. You could see WWE and how they have meticulously and beautifully booked Solo Sokoa. And I don't know... I don't know why Solo got a lot of hate tonight. I tweeted about this was mostly about Solo. They've done beautiful with him. The booking of Solo has been great. A lot of people were coming down, even on me, because I praise Solo Sokoa. Always boring. Always being shoved down our throats. This, that. He's mid. I hate seeing him in the main event all the time. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, I can't win. Nobody can win online. Nobody can win online. Meanwhile, WWE is investing in the fucking future and people got a fucking problem with it. Yet everything I say, there's a fucking problem with it. I don't understand it. What, why is there such a hatred tonight for Solo Sokoa? What did he do? He's very good in the ring. He's only getting better. People think he's a boring character. I mean, this is, this is his infant phase. What do you think? This is Solo Sokoa's final form? I mean, who the, who the fuck do you take Paul Heyman for? Do you think this is the guy that Paul Heyman's going to fucking take all the way into the future? This Solo Sokoa is going to be the Solo Sokoa you see two, three years from now. I mean, holy shit, man. Are you people that fucking stupid? This is the future of WWE. Austin Theory is the future of WWE. Gunther is the future of WWE. Yeah, everybody's got a problem with Solo Sokoa tonight. I love what Solo did here, man. You can see what WWE's doing with Solo Sokoa. They've put him in the ring with almost everybody. All the current big-time guys they've put him in the ring against. Tonight was Rey Mysterio's turn. They've had him in there against Sammy. They've had him in there against Kevin Owens. They've had him in there against... You name it. I mean, he's all over the fucking place. And tonight it was Rey Mysterio. They're getting him ready for that big main event spot. And and he's elevating himself. He's in there. He had a great match against Kevin Owens not too long ago. He's working well against Sammy. He worked great against Rey Mysterio. I mean, this is what they're doing. They're prepping him for the next phase. That's why these matches are happening. That's why you see Solo on TV all the time in these matches. Plus, a lot of people tell me I don't watch the fucking show. He's the enforcer for Roman Reigns. He's the only one that Roman Reigns trusts right now. So, of course they're going to give him matches. And of course they're going to give him wins. Because he's the only one that Roman Reigns can rely on. 
He helped Roman retain the title in Cardiff against Drew. He helped Roman Reigns retain the title against Cody. He is legitimately the right-hand man to the fucking tribal chief. Yet everybody's got a fucking problem with him. I'm sorry that Cody didn't win the fucking title at WrestleMania. Don't take it out on me. And don't take it out on Solo. It's a very good match. Very good match. They work very well together. I got glimpses of Umaga and Rey Mysterio back in the day. So Solo was in control. Rey dumped Solo and himself over the top rope. Solo was in control again as they go to commercial break. Rey eventually fought back, made a babyface comeback. He avoided the big running Samoan hip attack. Rey used a seated senton, a drop kick. But Sokoa hit a Samoan drop on Ray for a two count. Ray hit a 619. Big springboard splash. He goes for recovery, gets a two. Ray set up for another 619, but stopped upon seeing the Usos come back out on the ramp. So the LWO came through the crowd, cut them off. Ray fended off Solo, who took advantage of this distraction, hit another 619. He nails it. Solo's on his back. Crowd is wanting Ray to win. He goes up to the top rope. He missed the big splash. Solo gets up, picks him up. Samoan spike. One, two, three. Solo beats Rey Mysterio. Awesome. Good stuff there by both of these guys. Afterwards, the LWO rolled Rey out of the way and checked on him. The Usos and Solo attacked all members of the LWO. Solo gave Samoan spikes to Santos Escobar, Cruz del Toro, and Joaquin Wilde. And then the Usos gave the 1D to Rey Mysterio. So, why did this happen? Because Paul Heyman said the bloodline was going to keep up on their end of the deal for Judgment Day. Wow. But I didn't watch the fucking show, right? Meanwhile, I got a whole list of notes in front of me, man. Go fuck yourself. Ridiculous. I enjoyed this. I thought this was good. Played into the entire... Three hours of the show, it gave the show a little bit of meaning, otherwise on a very unimportant night, and I enjoyed it. Fun stuff. And the solo booking and the creative direction for Solo Sokoa is very, very fun to watch unfold. We got a clip of Chad Gable. He was backstage with Otis and Adam Pierce, and Gable insisted to Adam Pierce that when the draft happens that neither him or Otis should be drafted separately. They come as a package deal. Now, this is something that I've talked about year over year over year over year. Vince loves breaking up tag teams. Gable and Otis are absolutely getting broken up in the draft. American Alpha is no more. Or Alpha Academy, I wish. I wish American Alpha was back. Alpha Academy is no more after the draft. Gable, which is... You know, a a, a plus and a negative. It's a pro and a con. You know, I I think WWE needs more solid tag teams. Hopefully, WWE plugs in another team that really isn't focused on in replacement of the Alpha Academy. But I can't sit here and hate on a potential Chad Gable singles run, man. Chad Gable is incredible. And I honestly think if he's going single... He would do fucking phenomenal, man. Under a Triple H-led WWE, Gable's going to be in good hands. 
And I'm very excited about that. I really am. So he doesn't want Alpha Academy to be broken up. Maxine Dupree asked Otis what he wanted. Gable obviously took issue with Maxine with how she says Otis's name, Otis. Otis. So they bickered back and forth and he was telling her how to say shoosh the right way. Pierce yelled for them to both shut up. Says there's a lot going on, including Cody Rhodes being in the building with Brock Lesnar. So I have to attend to more important matters. Thank you, Adam Pierce, for telling us that uh, the Alpha Academy and what happens with them is not all that important. Bianca Belair versus Dakota Kai. This was coming off of last week's match where EO got the number one contendership for the Raw Women's Championship. And she has that match with Bianca Belair coming up, I believe. I believe they said next week. I don't know why they're not doing it at the pay-per-view, but uh, it's going to be happening relatively soon. So this is all about giving Dakota Kai and EO a separate spotlight from Bailey and letting them kind of exist on their own from damage control. This is definitely WWE getting you ready for the inevitable damage control split. It's happening, and the draft may end them. The draft may end damage control, and I don't really think anybody minds that at all. I think it's going to be a blessing for Bailey to be solo, uh, whether she goes babyface or heel. I don't care. I love Bailey. Uh, EO, we need solo EO. We need EO, NXT EO back. And we need NXT Dakota Kai, man. We need that NXT Dakota Kai on the main roster. She was so great as a heel on NXT. I don't know why it is. Difficult for Dakota Kai to find her footing on the main roster. I mean, none of this has worked. None of this has worked. And this match with Bianca Belair, it wasn't bad. But holy shit, man, it is difficult, incredibly difficult for me to care about anything that's going on in the women's division. Not only because there's a draft coming up and most of this shit doesn't matter, but nobody fucking cares. Nobody. Bianca Belair is boring. Dakota Kai is as cold as ice. So is damage control. This is a recipe for people not giving a shit. And it is incredibly difficult to sit through any women's wrestling. And it's just not a WWE problem, man. It's also an AEW problem. The TBS title situation with Jade Cargill is fucking utterly boring beyond recognition. The outcasts and what they're doing on AEW Dynamite with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. I mean, it is just mind-numbingly fucking boring. You know, we're not even at a point where it's remotely interesting anymore. It's just there. It's TV time filled up. So both companies have a serious problem about getting women's wrestling where it needs to be. But WWE has been doing this a lot longer than AEW. We know AEW's women's division is struggling. They've always struggled. But WWE has struggled even longer. How long is this going on now? If it ain't Bianca, if it ain't Charlotte, if it ain't Becky, if it ain't Alexa, nobody cares. Nobody matters. Meanwhile, you got 90% of a division that you don't really focus on. Where is Asuka? 
Where is Oscar? Is Oscar sitting out until she until she's drafted? I mean, look at all these women that are ice cold. Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, Piper Niven, Nikki Cross, ice cold. Every single one. Chelsea Green, Sony Deville, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, ice fucking cold. Shotzi Blackheart, ice cold. Nobody cares. It's almost as if it's a fucking, it's a joke. It's like I'm watching Amateur Hour every week. Yet these people, yet these people criticize Mercedes for going over to Japan and wrestling in front of bingo halls. And I've seen some people making fun of the fact that New Japan uses those old school microphones with the long fucking cords. They don't use wireless microphones. This is what people are complaining about online. They criticize Mercedes for going over there. She made the absolute best decision of her fucking career to go over there. What would she be doing over here? She'd be like everybody else. In the middle of nothing, unimportant, three-minute matches every week, no satisfaction, no gratification whatsoever, no growth whatsoever. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Ronda Rousey even criticized, and I can't stand Ronda Rousey and what she stands for in the women's division. She sucks. But Ronda Rousey even called out the old fucking men, not Triple H, the old men, Laurinaitis, Vince, basically saying that Vince is still in charge without saying Vince McMahon's name is what Ronda Rousey did. The old men who can't book women's wrestling in 2022, 2023. That's what she did. She blew up their spot. Bruce Pritchard. These people don't like women's wrestling. They don't give a fuck about women's wrestling. Bruce Pritchard was on record saying women's wrestling doesn't draw a fucking dime. They only do it because it fits in the narrative. They don't give a shit. Meanwhile, Bianca Belair is absolutely fucking boring. I get her, I get her appeal and I love Bianca. But holy shit, man. She is so fucking dull. Nothing about this division is exciting or must-see at all. And I don't really know, I don't really know what WWE needs to do. I don't. Corey Graves. Can I pull it up? Corey Graves. I'm going to pull it up right now. This is why I love Corey Graves, man. You know, he's not the typical WWE shill that everybody thinks he is. Corey Graves says the women's tag team titles have never really caught fire and the women's tag team division has never really been a strong division. Haven't we been saying that since the inception of the fucking titles? Why are they even a thing? This happened after Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez won the championships. Corey Graves says the tag team titles in the women's division never really caught fire. Never. I don't see the lies here. He says this, and I quote, the champions are going to drive the ship in the women's tag team division. It was really important for Liv and Raquel to emerge victorious. And as far as the women's tag team championships go, I'm probably going to catch hell for this. It's never really caught fire. It's never been a strong division. It's sort of been an allegam or of thrown together tag teams. 
I'm, I'm going to team with this person tonight. We have a tag team title match. We didn't win. Okay, time to go get a new partner. It's always been transient and constantly in flux. I'm talking the entire existence of the title since the very beginning. Liv and Raquel could be a duo who have what it takes to solidify the division and maybe sit on top for a while and maybe inspire some other superstars who aren't getting the opportunities they so desire right now, who want more TV time, who want promo time, but they're not getting it for whatever reason. Maybe somebody sitting backstage or in catering or a couple of people sitting in NXT are going, you know, let me make a run for this. We haven't had a serious full-time tag team in my recollection. The Iconics, the Moronics, the Idiotics, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay are the closest we had to hold the tag team titles because they were a full-time act together. The rest have sort of been, hey, be my partner. Okay, we'll have a little run. Okay, on to the next partner. Everything feels temporary. Raquel and Liv could be very good for the division. I mean, is he wrong? Is Corey Graves wrong in anything he said? No. I mean, Natalia has had how many different tag team partners, man? I think she's been a tag team partner with legitimately every woman on that roster. She's been tag team partners with Liv. She's been tag team partners with Tamina. She's been tag team partners with fucking Nia. She's been tag team partners with Shotzi. She's been tag team partners with Aaliyah. She's been tag team partners with Sonya. I mean, holy fucking shit. How do you allow that to be on your television? Never mind the Iconics. The best thing the tag team titles have done was breed Sasha and Bailey as a tag team. That's it. The Iconics, they were terrible for the tag team division. They, they were fucking awful. I don't know why he mentioned them. I mean, when they won the tag team titles, that's when the division went downhill and it never recovered. It never recovered. WWE has not one single fucking tag team on the main roster that is legit. They're all makeshift tag teams. The only, and I'm not even considering Ronda and Shayna a tag team. I'm not. The only legitimate tag team that they have in the entire company is Katana Chance and Caden Carter in NXT. That's it. They've been a tag team for like three years now. Maybe more than that. They legitimately have been a tag team act. They legitimately continue to add more double team moves to their overall moveset. They are an act that gels together, that feel and look like a tag team. If you aren't following what um, Caden Carter and Katana Chance are doing, then I don't know what the fuck we're doing with the women's tag team titles. I don't. What are we doing? That toxic attraction, they sucked. But JC Jane and Gigi Dolan made for a very good-looking tag team. Outside that, there is legitimately no tag teams. None. I've said this for years, and this is one of the glaring problems for the women's division. Maybe if somebody sits down and says, you know what, maybe we'll eat our losses here and we'll come up with a new strategy. The tag team titles in the women's division, 
They need to be fucking burned. I swear to God, man, I would take great pride in taking those titles and burning them and watching the fucking ashes shoot up to the sky, man. I would love it. WWE needs to burn the tag team championships. Get rid of them. Cancel them. Get rid of them. Retire them. And get rid of the tag team division. Dana Brooke, God bless her soul. She is fucking terrible. But she made one great point while she was holding the 24-7 championship. She wanted desperately, and she brought this to creative. I don't know who the fuck she went to, but she tried. While she was 24-7 champion, she wanted to change the 24-7 championship into a women's intercontinental championship. That doesn't sound like a bad idea at all. Maybe that's what the women's division needs. I'm not saying add an intercontinental championship on top of the women's tag team championships. And I don't really like another championship being added when we have two main women's heavyweight championships. This is why I've always said the tag team men's division and the women's division should be one division. You need one champion. They're not going to do this because it defeats the fucking purpose of everything that they want to do. But it would make the overall shows better and the division stronger. Because right now, both divisions are fucking terrible. Raw and women, Raw and, and SmackDown's women's divisions are terrible. WWE potentially canceling the tag team championships and adding an intercontinental championship to the women would probably make more stars than the tag team titles have. I, I don't know why this is a thing. Why the tag team titles are still a thing and why we're not exploring other options to enhance the overall vibe of the women's division. I don't know. Corey Graves is not wrong in anything he said. He should get no heat for what he said because I've been saying it since fucking four years ago. The tag team titles are a waste of fucking leather and gold plating. They're a waste of time. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez will do nothing for those tag team titles. Nothing. NXT doesn't need them. The main roster doesn't need them. They are only there because people cried, bitched, and moaned that women need equality. But equality for the women doesn't equal good television. And if we're not getting good television, you could fuck your equality and fuck your, your narrative. Honestly. Because it's making the show worse. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a shit. Change it. And fix it to what works. Bianca Belair wins. KOD. Not a bad match. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And damage control, goodbye. Bronson Reed. He got the Jeremy Borash treatment. Triple H gave him a nice little coming attraction promo. Good. He doesn't play games. Call him Mr. Nice Guy. Bronson Reed's getting that Triple H rocket pack, man, after the draft. You love to see it. You love to see it, man. Good. Bronson Reed's a fucking beast. Backstage, Damian Priest said Bad Bunny returns to Raw next week, and he hopes he returns with a better attitude or else he won't be his friend anymore. Dominic says he doesn't need Bunny to be his friend, just like he doesn't need Ray to be his father. 
Dominic talked about Solo ripping apart Ray piece by piece. Heyman walked in and asked if they were satisfied. Priest asked Balor what he thinks. Balor said, eh. Eh. It's the same reaction I get watching Monday Night Raw every fucking week. Eh. It was an eh show. Heyman said, eh. I'll live with that. And now it's their turn to eh. Owens, Solo, and or Owens, Sammy, and Riddle. Or else they'll fall into debt with Roman Reigns. Priest says, don't worry. Judgment Day handles our business. Ripley stood up and said, bye, Paul. Heyman contacted Siri on his phone and told Siri, call Roman Reigns. I love these interactions backstage, man. Judgment Day's got that purple lighting. They got this. This very, uh, I don't know, man. It's got like that Blade. You ever see the movie Blade with Wesley Snipes? It's like, you know, all the vampires sitting around and fucking congregating and talking about what they're going to do next. It's like that type of vibe. I like that shit. I like that shit. Paul Heyman comes in thinking he's the fucking wise man. He's got the the fucking uh, New York accent going on. Eh, Yeah, let me tell you something, man. You got to take care of your guys later tonight, okay? Take care, KO, take care, Sammy, and take care of Riddle and get the job done tonight, okay? Love it. Eh. Cody Rhodes. I don't know what else I could say about Cody Rhodes. I went on a spiel in the beginning of the show about Cody Rhodes in this overly offensive segment that we got. Cody Rhodes is out there. So, Little Rock, what do you want to talk about? Cody says he knows what he wants to talk about and whom he wants to talk to. Cody got a big entrance. He came out. He got the whoa entrance twice. And he got pyro. He got it all. What do you want to talk about, Little Rock? Out comes Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce walked out and said, listen, Cody, I appreciate the spirit of what you're trying to do, but I can't let you do it tonight. Cody, you're not even medically cleared to be here tonight. But you, you just let him walk out and we got the, whoa! Pyro and the entrance and the theme and everything. He's not medically clear to even be here tonight, but we got the, the whole the whole thing. Yeah, but I'm overly analytical about it, though, man. Yeah, I, I can't I can't bitch and complain about it. Yeah, it's a great job there, man. You guys are fucking comedians. So Cody's not medically clear tonight. Cody said, "Okay, thank you for the respect. It's shared. I'm going to leave." He stepped out of the ring, but then he turned back to the ring and pulled out a chair from underneath. And re-entered the ring. Pierce asked Cody, please listen to him. He says, if they don't need this, they don't need this. He said, he'll have security escort him out if he won't leave on his own. Security ran out. Brock Lesnar then came out. Pierce then implied to Cody not to escalate this situation. He says he knows he wants a match against Lesnar. So he'll give it to him at Backlash. You got it. You got it. You got it. Okay, great. 
Cody beat up security guards one after another who tried to stop him from going after Lesnar. Several more grabbed him around ringside. Cody pushed past them. He threw one of them into the ring post. Lesnar came out looking like fucking Jeepers Creepers. He smiled. Cody charged at Lesnar. More security guards intercepted Cody and stopped him before he got to Lesnar. Lesnar laughed. Ha, 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 ha. Lesnar was laughing there as uh, he's standing there looking like Jeepers Creepers. (laughs) Just standing there. Just standing there smiling, laughing. So... Lesnar turned and left. He did nothing, man. He did nothing. Cody fought more security guys. They uh, they made all these guys look like geeks. Cody got on the microphone after beating up like 67 security guards. And he yelled into the microphone that he spent last week spouting positive platitudes about Brock Lesnar And Lesnar can wear his silly cowboy hat, but he grew up around cowboys, and he's not a cowboy. He's a coward. Um, listen. Cody's a top guy. Cody's a top guy. Okay? We we, we all all know Cody's a top guy, man, but, uh, but this ain't it. I mean... This is just, this is typical Vince McMahon rubbish. This is garbage. I mean, none of it made, none of it made, we got no explanation. We got Cody out there beating up fucking, how many security guards were out there? Legitimately, I keep giving you guys fucking comedic numbers, man. It's like I'm WWE announcing attendance numbers, man. How many security guards were out there? There had to be at least 20 plus, two dozen security guards out there. He he handled them all on his own. I mean, is he the Incredible Hulk? I, I mean, I understand Cody's the American Nightmare. I didn't expect him to fucking channel Captain America tonight. I mean, that's not what I expect from someone like Cody Rhodes. Someone like Brock Lesnar is a different story. Someone like Goldberg, God fucking, God forbid. I can expect that from somebody like that. But Cody? I mean, it's illogical. It's nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. It defeats the fucking purpose of what we're doing here. Like, I don't believe that. I want to watch something that I'm believing in. Meanwhile, we got Cody out here talking about last week. And nobody told you to be positive last week. He's like, I was out here last week spitting positive platitudes. Nobody asked you to be positive. You got your fucking soul snatched from your body. And you're out here giving positive platitudes to Brock Lesnar. Nobody asked you to do that. Where was this anger last week? I don't get it. I mean, he just looked like a fucking geek out there. He did. He looked like a geek. Lesnar looked like a geek. And these security guards. I don't know where they fucking went to school for security, but holy fucking shit, remind me never to hire them. I get it. It's a tired fucking thing in pro wrestling. Ha, 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 the security guards, blah, blah, blah. They they, they get treated like fucking... 
you know, hand-me-downs. But I mean, holy fucking shit, do you, can you at least try and make sense of it? Oh, you can't be out here because you're not medically clear. You're not even supposed to be in the building. Meanwhile, he gets a big fucking entrance. Gets a big entrance. He's out there fucking throwing bombs on these security guards. He's swinging steel chairs. He's running up there against... He's not not medically clear. He looked medically clear to me. He looked medically clear last week when he didn't show up without a fucking mark on him. God almighty, man, if you can't tell Vince McMahon is booking this, this has got Bruce Pritchard logic gaps written all over it. This isn't a Triple H fucking booked angle, man. This is Vince McMahon. This is one of those high-level creatives, right? This is Vince McMahon not in the weeds. Fuck out of here, man. This shit was fucking garbage. Everything about this was fucking terrible. I believed nothing that I watched tonight. The best thing about this segment was the fact that Brock Lesnar probably watched Jeepers Creepers 1, 2, and 3 over the weekend. That's where he got the influence with the fucking black trench coat and the top hat. Jeepers Creepers, where'd you get those peepers? <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Moving on. Miz and Seth Rollins went 12 minutes. I don't know what it is, man. I really don't. Seth Rollins and The Miz have this bizarre, really, really great chemistry for some reason. What this did was remind me, I don't know if you guys remember, man. I I talked about this several times, man. You remember when Seth Rollins was the Intercontinental Champion way back in the day around 2018, right? This was before he he got elevated to a baby-faced, top-of-the-card guy, and then they made him into a fucking loser. They took this Intercontinental Championship run that he was on. He was great. And I mean, Rollins was churning out bangers as the Intercontinental Champion. One of those matches was against The Miz, And it might have been right after WrestleMania in 2018. A banger. They just got some great chemistry, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know know what it is, but... You know, a lot of people are like, oh, Miz holds back, and Miz is... He's great. You don't really see a lot of the Miz, and blah, 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 blah. Miz is boring. Give me me a fucking break. Miz is boring, okay? All because he's in the ring with Rollins. We're not going to excuse the Miz from being boring. His offense is terrible, the weakest fucking move set in the history of the business. He's got one of the worst finishes ever. Miz, Miz is boring. He's the safest pro route. Nothing is impactful from the Miz. Half of his move set is stolen from Daniel Bryan. Okay? Secondly, outside of the fact that they work very well together, I don't really get how WWE wants me to flip the switch like... I just saw Miz for months get treated like comedy fucking garbage. Comedy jobber, people laughing at him. He got beat by Snoop Dogg at WrestleMania. He got fucking uh, people's elbowed. He got run over by George Kittle at WrestleMania. He lost to Pat McAfee. I mean, he's a fucking joke. Meanwhile, you want me to turn around from all that and watch him 
all of a sudden get serious against somebody like Seth Rollins. I mean, where the fuck did that come from? I mean, you can't do that. I mean, that that is that is that is some illogical bullshit. I mean, you can't you can't treat this guy like a fucking absolute dog shit comedy heel who's at the bottom of the fucking barrel on the rocks and all of a sudden have him turn around and have a great match with Seth Rollins. What is that? Why? Now, the match largely means nothing. This match will be forgotten about. This match will not matter to The Miz. It will not matter to Seth Rollins. But Rollins is directionless. That's what I got out of this match. Not only is Rollins putting on bangers, not only is Rollins giving you world championship fucking caliber performances, the man should be a world champion. But this is what happens when you put all your eggs in the Roman Reigns bloodline basket. Rollins and somebody like Rollins is not going to be the uh, bell of the ball, per se. It's not going to be Cinderella. It's not going to be a world champion. When you got both of your world championships tied up on Roman Reigns. Now, he beat The Miz in 12 minutes. Fine. It's a very good match. Very good match. Crowd was into it. Rollins mounted a comeback after The Miz was in control after a commercial break. Crowd was singing his song. Rollins climbed the turnbuckles. Miz brought him down from the middle rope with a code breaker. Fans were chanting tiny balls. Miz hit the yes kicks. Rollins went for a frog splash. Miz got the knees up, applied a small package, got a two count. They traded counters until Miz drove his knee through Rollins. Elevated knee. Miz applied a figure four, but Rollins got the rope break. Rollins followed with consecutive forearms, but Miz avoided a stomp and kicked his legs out from his leg, like Owen did to Brett at the 1994 Royal Rumble. Miz followed with two very good-looking DDTs. He did not let go of either one of them. He floated over and got a near-fall cover two-count. They were in position on the top rope. Rollins hit a superplex into a Falcon Arrow. Curb stomp followed for the one, two, three. And that was it. That was it. Very good match by these two guys. And Rollins deserves... Rollins deserves a lot more than he's than he's getting, man. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Here's a little, here's a little creative that I'd go out there and do. You know, a lot of people are already reporting that LA Knight may win the money in the bank, honestly. You know, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think that's a great choice. But if we got that locked down for LA Knight. WWE canceled the King of the Ring for Night of Champions. I I, I hope, I hope, I I seriously hope that we get Seth Rollins or Cody or Gunther or or guys like that. I I, I seriously hope we get those types of guys to compete in some sort of King of the Ring tournament this year. Because I, I feel like it still has a place on WWE television. You know, where Roman Reigns is holding the world championships, you know, it's the same, it's the same thing that they did for Bret Hart in 93, man. The, the only reason why they did the King of the Ring in 1993, which is one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time, is because Vince McMahon opted to give Hulk Hogan the fucking world championship at the end of WrestleMania 9 and have him beat Yokozuna in an unadvertised match. 
Now, Brett was supposed to wrestle Hogan at SummerSlam that year. And Hogan was supposed to put over Brett. Hogan didn't want to put over Brett because Hogan thought Brett Hart was smaller and would have, it would not have been believable if Brett beat Hogan. That's the, that's the story. So what they did to repay Brett back because Hogan went against what the original plan was, they created the King of the Ring tournament. They created the King of the Ring pay-per-view in between as a bridge between WrestleMania and SummerSlam. And the winner of the King of the Ring theoretically should have been the number one t- contender for the, to the, the world championship. Brett didn't really get a world championship coming out of the King of the Ring. He had to win the Royal Rumble with Lex Luger to get his title back at WrestleMania 10. So there's your history lesson there. But it's almost the same thing. You know, guys like Seth, guys like Sheamus, guys like Drew McIntyre, you know, guys that have been wrestling their fucking ass off, giving you world championship caliber performances, don't have a world championship to fight for because the titles are on Roman Reigns. So maybe a tournament that is somewhat prestigious, like that one was for Brett, can be created for guys like Rollins, guys like Gunther, guys like Drew McIntyre, guys like Sheamus. I think that would be a great idea. I think that would be a fantastic idea. Now, what if, and I hate putting him in this, because, you know, I already complained about it earlier in the show. Yeah, let's do Seth versus Roman at Night of Champions. No. No. You know, the rumor was Cody versus Seth at WrestleMania. That was going to be the world title match at WrestleMania. That would have been the fourth time that Cody and Rollins went at it. Would anybody be interested in a King of the Ring tournament that spans Raw and SmackDown where we get one guy on one brand and the other guy on another, on another brand? I, I, I feel like if WWE wants to do King of the Ring and play it out, that Cody versus Seth as a final in the King of the Ring, with the number one contendership being on the line for a shot at Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. You know, Seth Rollins has already made mention that he doesn't feel Cody deserves it. He doesn't feel Cody deserves the opportunities that he's been given. He's coming here and, you know, they, they gave him the keys to the kingdom already. Meanwhile, I've been here already doing what I got to do. And, you know, where the fuck are my flowers? What if, what if we have a King of the Ring tournament that plays out? If Cody's on, if Cody's on Raw and Seth is on SmackDown, or Cody's on SmackDown and Seth remains on Raw, and we get both of them heading to the finals, if we get a King of the Ring and they meet in the finals, and that match determines the number one contender for the world championship, which will take place at SummerSlam. And that's how Cody gets his match with Roman Reigns. This is why I'm okay with him losing to Brock. I'm okay with losing. I'm okay with him losing to Brock. I don't want him to be Brock. I want him to lose. I want Brock Lesnar to destroy Cody Rhodes the same way he did John Cena at SummerSlam all those years ago. I want him to absolutely destroy Cody Rhodes. Now, will that happen? Probably not. But I'd love to see Cody struggle. I'd love to see Cody. Listen, I'm punching my ticket into the king of the ring. And him... In the finals against his arch nemesis, Seth Rollins. Can you imagine that? He's got to go through Rollins to get through Rollins to get to to Roman. 
And they play up the fact of, hey, Rollins doesn't believe Cody belongs here. I like that idea, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think about that. But I, I'm all about Brock beating Cody. I am. I would love to see Brock just, just destroy Cody. And Cody either have to win Money in the Bank or have to win King of the Ring if it happens to get to Roman. I don't know. Let me see what you guys want to say. Uh, I'd, I'd be very interested to see what you guys got to say about that. Yes, Seth would be 0-4. Yes, Seth would be 0-4. But at the end of it all, he may be the one to beat Cody for the world title. Seth could have his own redemption story. I, I know, it, it sucks, man. But, you know, you listen, you, you, can't, you can't blame it on Seth. You can't blame it on Seth. They have done that to him. Creative has done that to him. Seriously. Either that, or you move him over to whatever brand Gunther's on, and you have him feud for the Intercontinental title. I don't know. What, what, do, you, what do you want to do? Owen four against Cody, or, or you have him lose to Gunther? One or the other. I don't know. I like the idea. Owen, Zane, and Riddle at a meeting backstage. Zane said Riddle had an idea and wanted to hear him out. Owens wanted to leave. The thinking to himself and Sammy. He didn't want Matt Riddle saying anything at all. He thinks he's a dumbass. Why don't you leave the thinking to us? Sammy said he deserves to have a choice in the voice, in the group, if he's going to go help them. Owen says he didn't remember agreeing to that. He says he's going to Samoan Spike with a new move called the Toe Bro. Owens didn't like that at all. Sammy was a little bit more understanding. That's certainly an idea. Owens was outraged. Riddle says he's not serious and he's an idiot, or he's not an idiot. And he said the bloodline tried to end his career. That'd be something if he called himself an idiot. Uh, He says the bloodline tried to end his career. He says he's not there to joke around and be an idiot. He's there to kick ass. He says he's going to do exactly that tonight. He left Owens uh, with Sammy. And Owens says, you should listen to me. Sammy said, I told you. Owens turned the left and... Sammy was uh, standing there all by himself. Uh, I, I don't know, man. It, it felt like this was a kind of turning over of a new character here for, for Matt Riddle. Like, he, you know, he mentioned the Toe Bro, which would be his equalizer to the Samoan Spike. And then he got serious and said, listen, I'm not here to party. I'm not here, I'm not here to be an idiot. I'm here to take out the bloodline because they ended my career. Serious Riddle is best for business. I'm not saying he can't joke around. I'm not saying he can't be funny. And be himself. But I want to see more of a serious Matt Riddle. Because we've seen so much of the comedic Matt Riddle. That this Matt Riddle gets lost in translation. So I like this serious Matt Riddle. The Riddle that we got against Rollins. That's the Riddle I want to see. Moving on. Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley. This match really uh, meant nothing to me. I don't know why we got this. This was uh, this might have been one of those uh, high level creative changes that Vince McMahon uh, had Triple H go out there and change for the show. Uh, A rematch that we've seen time and time and time again. Nobody cares. Uh, Nobody gave a shit about the match. Pretty pretty quiet from a crowd point of view. Uh, But Lashley, he was on the defensive against Theory. He started to make a comeback late in the game. And... Lashley went for a spear. Theory leapfrogged him to set up A-Town down 
Lashley blocked it, delivered the gut wrench for a near fall. Lashley waited for Theory to stand up, but Theory rolled to the ring apron. And Lashley applied a hurt lock. Bronson Reed came out of nowhere and charged into the ring and splashed both men in the corner. And the bell rang as this match ended in a no contest. Corey Graves wondered where a man the size of Bronson Reed came out from. Reed kicked Lashley to the floor and then leapt off the apron with his shoulder block, knocking Lashley down. Reed then charged with a splash against the ring post. And he threw him in the ring. Lashley was drop-kicked by Austin Theory from behind. Reed gave Lashley a Samoan drop, and then he went for the top rope tsunami on Bobby Lashley. So it looks like we may be getting this match at Backlash. I hope so. Last week, Bronson Reed, I don't know if you guys noticed, he was a little gassed in that match with Bobby Lashley. It was reported earlier in the week last week that Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed went short because Reed had a flu, and he couldn't breathe. So he was under the weather, and he had a flu, and he showed up to work to wrestle Bobby Lashley, so hopefully he's a lot better. And I love to see these two guys in the ring when Bronson Reed is 100% ready to go, and he's not suffering from flu-like symptoms. So we may get this at Backlash, but this was the right call. Uh, You can't beat Austin Theory. He's the United States champion. You can't really beat Bobby Lashley. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. But like I said last week, if this match does happen and we get Bronson Reed versus Bobby Lashley again, their first match went to a no contest. And I do feel like Bobby Lashley is going to be put in a situation where he's going to be the guy, the veteran, to put the younger talent over. So he may be one of those major names that helps get someone like Bronson Reed over. I think that's the smart move. So this was a smart move, no contest. And I think it's going to be a smart move for Bronson Reed to get the victory when it does happen over Bobby Lashley. I thought this was uh, fine for what it was, but, I mean, Theory and Lashley, how many more times can we see it? We've seen it so many times before. Nobody gives a shit. Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley is where it's at, and that's all anybody cared about. Trish Stratus. She made her ring entrance, and she was about to explain why she turned on Becky Lynch last week on Raw. Becky Lynch blacked out her social media, and the fucking incel dummies on social media, they were, uh, oh my God, is Becky Lynch leaving? (laughs) I mean, I was on the train coming home from the gym, and I seen people already in my sub box, Becky Lynch leaves WWE. Becky Lynch is leaving World Wrestling Entertainment. Meanwhile, Sapp is out here reporting that Becky Lynch is dealing with a minor injury, and that's why she missed Monday Night Raw tonight. She tweeted that she will not be attending Monday Night Raw today. I won't be coming to Raw today as she blacked out her Twitter. Same thing that Drew McIntyre did. So she's playing with everybody on social media. And the WRKD Wrestling Twitter account reported that Becky Lynch is dealing with a minor injury. She won't be appearing on the show. And the reason for Becky Lynch's absence tonight is that she's currently dealing with a minor injury. This will also serve as a cover to play into the betrayal she feels from last week's angle with Trish Stratus. So Trish is on tonight's show. And 
She said when she arrived in WWE, the women's division was a joke. I don't know where she's been or what she's been watching, but the women's division is still a joke. She said she brought credibility to the division. She said she doesn't want to share that with Lita. There was no we, it was me. She said she was the first woman to main event Raw and the first woman to make the fans give a shit about the division. I don't really see any lies detected there, but we'll keep going. She said without her, there would be no women's revolution and no women in the main event of WrestleMania. Again, I I, I can't really sit here and argue with Trish Stratus. I don't really see any lies detected here. She said fans should be chanting, this is awesome, or shouldn't be chanting, this is awesome, at Ronda Rousey or Becky Lynch or Charlotte at WrestleMania. She said they should be chanting, thank you, Trish, thank you, Trish. She said Becky would have you believe the women's revolution started with the four horse ladies. She said that statement, like Becky herself, is a joke. She said she let it slide for a while, but after a while, she began to wonder if Becky believed her own hype. She said not once did Becky thank her for opening the door for her or admitting she would be nothing without her. She said Lita was buying into her bullshit when only a year earlier she was calling out Becky. She said she became her little sidekick. I am nobody's sidekick. Trish said that it was getting a little sad and embarrassing, so she had to take Lita out of the picture to take her out of her misery. Yes, I did that to Lita. She said the reason she needed Lita out of the picture is because she needed it to be crystal clear that she was the one who screwed Becky out of her titles. She ridiculed, well, that could have been done regardless if Lita was there or not. Like, they could have did that if Lita was still there and Trish just cost them the tag team titles. I mean, we didn't need Lita to be injured or taken out beforehand. You didn't need to interject yourself into the tag team match for that to happen. That's a little silly to even say that. So, she wanted it to be crystal clear that it was she who screwed Becky out of the titles. She ridiculed Becky's accent and she said... She took her out just like that last week. Trish said she doesn't care if the fans don't like that because she won't let anyone characterize her as a nostalgia act. I'm not nostalgia act. I'm not a childhood fantasy or a sidekick. I am the greatest of all time and the single most important figure in the history of WWE. I will not let anyone forget it. I mean... The context of what she said was fine. I give it a thumbs up. She nailed everything she needed to say. You know, I'm glad that she didn't come out and say, oh, I turned on Becky because of you people. You people don't dis- respect me. Or whatever the case is, like, like a typical fucking Vince McMahon heel turn. You people, you people, you people. I'm glad we didn't get the you people fucking speech from Trish Stratus. Everything she needed to say Simple, yes, she said it. It was the way she delivered it. I did not believe anything she said. There was no intensity. There was no ferocity. There was no anger. Maybe that's not who Trish is. But when I see a heel turn on one of the biggest women's baby faces in the entire company, I I, I want there to be some anger behind that. There was no anger. So this is why I said it was very difficult to listen to because... You know, I watched her, and it looked like she tried to 
hide a smile behind everything she said. And then the delivery was not good at all. But Trish, Trish is great. She looks great. And I don't really, I, I don't really know if Trish Stratus being on TV is the best look for the women's division. I don't. I don't think it's a Triple H move. I think this is a Vince McMahon move. Vince doesn't want all these nobodies on TV, so let's bring in Trish, pal. I mean, maybe she's got some free time on her hands. But doing this match at SummerSlam, as it's rumored, with it starting now, I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? I'm not really interested in this. The piped-in crowd was fucking terrible. It sounded awful. Nobody wants to boo Trish. Nobody. What are we going to do when they're in the ring? You're going to give me fucking piped-in Thunderdome sound effects? I don't want to hear that shit. Keep that shit at home. If people wanted to boo Trish, and if people believed in Trish, you would not have to give me Thunderdome sound effects. You're already admitting it's a fucking fail by enhancing the heel turn to make it more than it is. It sucks. Nobody wants to boot Trish Stratus, and this is going to be a complete waste of time. Kathy Kelly interviewed Cody backstage. She asked if he's satisfied that Lesnar accepted his challenge tonight. He says he's satisfied and ecstatic. He says he's also confused and bewildered by what happened. He said he lost at WrestleMania, and now he's held back by 20 guards rather than by Lesnar. He said Lesnar turned and walked out on him. He apologized to Adam Pearce because he lost his temper, and he's sure there will be repercussions. He said the only way to get through whatever Lesnar's issue is with him is to plow through them and win. He said with everything he's been through, he just can't allow it. 20 guards, huh? Doesn't really negate the fact that the segment before was terrible. Now he apologizes. He wants to be all angry, and now he wants to apologize. Raquel Rodriguez with Liv Morgan sat by ringside. Chelsea Green and Sony Deville versus Candice LeRae. Boring. The crowd was so fucking dead for this. I swear to God, man, I thought I was watching a mass on Sunday morning at church. Three minutes. Sony Deville and Chelsea Green, another makeshift tag team. Another thrown-together tag team that's not a real tag team wins. Goodbye. Do you expect me to go over this match move for move? Go watch somebody else. Nobody gives a fuck. Rick Boogs. He was backstage with Elias and the Street Profits. Boogs says he can't be eligible for the draft because he just got to Raw. The Profits said everyone is eligible. Baron Corbin then walked in and said, even tag teams can be split. Montez and uh, Dawkins, they were like, oh, well, let's go talk to Adam Pierce. Elias told Boogs that he'll probably go first, and that probably makes Boogs nervous. I don't know why it would. If I'm Boogs, I'm praying that you go to the other fucking show and get away from me. But he said wherever he goes, he'll put in a good word for him. So Zawa walked up, and I got flashbacks of the 24-7 title with him dressed as a fucking ninja because Bruce went through his Beverly Hills ninja phase. Tozawa walked up to them and laughed at the notion that Elias will be drafted first. Corbin walked up and offered a handshake. 
Tozawa turned it down and said, nobody wants you. And he turned and left. I don't want Corbin either. Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn versus The Judgment Day. This was the main event of Monday Night Raw. Fun little six-man tag team match. And this is what closed the show tonight. Uh, went about 12 minutes or so. Really fun stuff. Everybody got their shit in. Zayn wanted to dive onto Dominic early, but Dom cut him off. And Zayn gave him a sunset flip powerbomb. Uh, that looked pretty nasty for Dom. His head hit the back of the mat. Zayn went up again on the top. Ripley crotched him on the top rope. Dom hit a frog splash. Owens broke up the cover there. Everybody traded big moves. Zayn went for a dive. Ripley grabbed his leg, so the ref tossed her out from the ringside area. Dominic put Zayn in a schoolboy. He went for a cover, got a two count. Zayn followed with a beautiful blue thunder bomb on Dom for two. Owens tagged in. He went for a senton, but Dominic got his knees up. Balor tagged in, hit a shotgun drop kick. Owens dodged the coup de grace. Couldn't have been good for his uh, torn calf, his partially torn calf. I don't know, man. Balor's a fucking machine, if he really is hurt, man. So he missed the coup de grace. Owens gave stunners to both Balor and Priest. Zayn gave Balor a halluva kick. Zayn tagged Riddlin. He hit Balor with a floating bro. One, two, three. Fun little six-man tag team match. Gave you a little, ta- a little taste of what's going to happen at Backlash with the Bloodline, who then ran out and attacked. And then they were followed by the LWO. We got gang warfare. LWO ran out for the save. It's madness. It's chaos. Owen slammed Priest onto the announce desk. And everybody brawled in the ring as the show Went off the air. Santos Escobar held Dom down. Ray hit a 619. Owens dropped Priest on the announce desk, like I said. And the baby faces stood tall at the end of the show. It wasn't a terrible Monday Night Raw by any means, man. We got a nice little match with that six-man tag. We got a nice little match with uh, Rollins and Miz. It was fine. Nothing groundbreaking, nothing important. I mean, there's not going to be any importance on this show or SmackDown until after the draft, till the rosters are the way Triple H wants it, till we get some call-ups. That's when the brand new season starts. That's when the new season starts. I'm not really invested in these shows. Uh, There's nothing to really sink your teeth into because nothing happens, nothing is going to happen that's going to, you know, carry on into the next show. It's just three hours of filler TV until we get to, April 28th in that WWE draft. I'm just ready for the draft, just like I was ready for WrestleMania. So let's just get WrestleMania here already. I'm ready for the draft. I'm ready for some change. I'm ready for some fresh matchups. I'm ready for some fresh divisions. Raw was fine. I mean, I didn't really care for it, but if you liked it, to each his own, man. I appreciate you guys very much for joining me on the podcast tonight. We are going to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit. So if you guys want to get them on in, you guys can still get them on in. It is last call for the Super Chats. Continue to hit that thumbs up, man. We need 75 likes for 1,000. 
Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage. If you want more content from the podcast. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Guys, the NFL Draft is up soon. And the most exciting prospect is the prospect of being perfectly groomed head to toe with our friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped has long had elite downfield play with their lawnmower 4.0. But in 2023, they have the rookie sensation in the beard hedger to ensure the face of your franchise is a pretty one. Nice uh, one-two combination for your team. And a one-two combination of men's grooming. It's literally the best acquisition any GM can make, man. So go to manscaped.com and save 20% off. That's some nice salary cap money, bro. 20% off, plus you're going to get free shipping. You're going to get the Lawnmower 4.0, man. They got the Beard Hedger, the Lawnmower 4.0. Two star franchise players. Also, they got the nose hair trimmer, the Weed Whacker 2.0. Absolutely fantastic. They got a bunch of free gifts. You guys name it, man. You guys are going to get it all with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit and the Lawnmower 4.0. 20% off, free shipping. Code script 20 at checkout. 20% off free shipping. Manscaped.com. I want to thank them for supporting the podcast right here on Off the Script. Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. JD, the first wrestling show you went to as a kid. Something at Madison Square Garden, bro. Don't remember what it was, but I remember seeing Hulk Hogan and the big boss man there. Michelle Moran with a total super chat. Seth, better get decent booking after the draft. I don't know. I don't even know what show he's going to end up on. Lord Jake Coyle with a $5 super chat. Monday Night Raw just feels so boring recently. Hoping the draft will make things feel fresh and exciting again. I hope so, man. I hope so. Got a couple of weeks left to go. Nick Williams with 11 months. Thank you, brother. When Roman reaches 1,000, you won't be seeing this. You'll be seeing this. Roman is the male version of Charlotte. The women's division needs a complete reset. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. I think we all knew... A massive brawl would break out after the main event. I got a feeling Roman is ordering Solo to attack Jimmy or Jay at the pay-per-view. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. Going into that Crown Jewel show, it's going to be interesting with those tag team titles. Derek, Anawaii with a $2 super chat. Hey, Oos, how is your grandmother doing? I'm still praying. My grandma is in very good health, man. She looks great for 94 years old. She looks great. She should be home in, a, in about a week, which is great. Asato Fortune with the 10 months. So instead of having explanations from Brock, we have him cosplaying as Mr. X from Resident Evil 2. Real letdown tonight. Keep on rocking, JD. 
Just a terrible segment, bro. Just a terrible, terrible segment. Jedi Joker with a $5 super chat. Non-wrestling question for you, JD. I just got back into Destiny, and I was wondering if the Forerunner exotic pistol is worth getting. And do I need DLC? Yes, you do for that. Um, I don't use, I don't think I've ever used it. It's a PVE, uh, it's a PVP weapon, not a PVE weapon. Uh, my favorite, uh, exotic right now for this season is the Wish Ender Bow. Uh, Eric Newton with a $5 super chat. Damage control should just be called damage goods at this point. Took a lot of energy to not fall asleep on my keyboard. Yes. Uh, very, very difficult is damage control to sit through. Aubrey James. This is why Cody should have won with the $2 Super Chat. Uh, Listen, I'm going to stick to my guns. Cody should not have won at WrestleMania. But I understand everybody that's saying he should have. John Pena. With a $5 Super Chat. Thank you, JD, for always bringing a smile to me and my mom. We love your analytical and hilarious commentary. You're the MVP of the IWC. God bless. First time Super Chat. John, thank you so much. Love to you and your mom. Rob, baby, with a 199. I'm your new OTS greeter, baby. Jesse hired me. Jesse, Jesse does not have the power to hire anybody. Jesse thinks pizza, real pizza, emanates in Chicago, man. Jesse's opinion is irrelevant. Mike Lee with a $10 super chat. JD, don't stop being brutally honest. I'm sure I can speak for most of us. This is what we love about you. You wouldn't be JD if you did. So keep up the good work. Thank you, Mike Lee. I am not changing a fucking thing, man. And everybody that wants to complain can suck my dick. Soundwave with a $4.99. Did Owen Hart botch a pile driver onto Stone Cold? Yes, he did. If so, is that the reason WWE banned pile drivers? From one of his movesets. Or one of its movesets. Yes. The only two, the only pile driver that was allowed is the Tombstone pile driver. Because you're not going to tell The Undertaker to not do his finishing move. So yes, that's why they ban pile drivers. And. But you know what? I remember there was one, one of those Smackdowns where Andrade wrestled Rey Mysterio. And we seen a Canadian destroyer. So I don't know where the fuck that came from. If you guys remember that. That might have been a, a, a one-time deal there. I don't know. N with a four ninety-nine. Brock is just a cash grabber. He does nothing but spam finishers and show up to smile for three minutes. I'm kind of over his whole WWE run. He's useless. I, I, I doubt the match with Cody even goes past ten minutes. Kelly with a four ninety-nine. Got banned in a wrestling fan club in Tokyo Mall for using your wrestling knowledge to them, and they disagree. IWC is awful. Glad I found you, JD. Cheers. Uh, Well, you could tell those fucking fan club wrestling fans, uh, Kelly, that they can lick my ass crack and fuck off. Or you can play this, and you could hear it, or they can hear it from me personally. Just like these Facebook groups. That wanted to fucking pinpoint what I said about the elite. They could suck my dick. You're on a Facebook message form talking about me. I'm not talking about you. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. Who, in your opinion, was a greater intercontinental champion? Razor Ramon or Mr. Perfect? OTS for life, 1,000 likes minimum. Mr. Perfect, no doubt about it. Joseph Gonzalez with a 499. 
How was Cody not cleared to compete tonight when he wrestled with the Tom Peck last year? Was he cleared back then? Bro, it's illogical. But don't tell the IWC that, man. Captain Solo, who's worse, Miz or Baron Corbin? Baron Corbin. Actually, Corbin's a better wrestler than Miz. I may have to change that to the Miz, man. I think the Miz is worse. Kelly with a 499. JD, the laugh sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator movie. Can I get a Predator laugh for this Raw? Kelly, get to the chopper. <laughs> Vince, Vince is in charge. And Triple H, I'm going to get rid of him. The little hobbits. <clears throat> T-Mac with a $5 Super Chat. No, you split the titles and open it up for the other people to compete for a top championship besides Cody and Roman. One top title stagnates everybody. Telewo Swayze with a 499 tonight showed us that the women's division needs a complete overhaul. Some of these women deserve better, especially Dakota. Hopefully the draft changes that. And Jeremy 2006 with an 18 months. Glad to hear grandma is doing well. OTS for life. New York pizza is the best. I appreciate you, Jeremy. Thank you so much, brother. Guys, we're about to get out of here, man. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight. My mother's basement is closed for business. We'll be back. On Wednesday with Dynamite, I'll be on kick tomorrow, continuing Resident Evil. We should have a fun time, man. I appreciate you guys joining me tonight. As always, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We need 20 likes for 1,000, man. 20 likes for 1,000. Can we get 20? 20 likes. Anybody? 20? 20? I know there's 20 of you in here that haven't hit the thumbs up yet. Thank you for the Super Chats. Thank you for the recommitments to the VIP Club. I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Extra on Sunday. We're live on Friday. Live on Thursday. Go check that stuff out. Go check out Manscaped. manscaped Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% 20% off and free shipping on your order when you go to manscaped.com. Excellent, excellent deal. Love my friends over at Manscaped. We got some great new sponsors coming up as well uh, throughout the month of April and May. So look forward to that, man. Remember, we are uh, fully sponsored by DraftKings coming up. Shayla with 24 months. Night JD with the golden microphone. Love to see it. Guys, thank you so very much for all this love and support tonight. Hopefully you enjoyed the stream. Hopefully you uh, found it entertaining and exciting tonight. I will see you guys live on Wednesday with Jesse for AEW Dynamite on Off the Script. I'll see you guys on Wednesday.